0: Welcome to the Shenanacast, episode six. Uh, it's been six weeks. We've been doing this for six weeks straight. That's pretty good. I'm impressed. Yeah. For um, someone
1: with an attention span like John, this is very impressive. It, it, I, uh, yes,
0: it is very impressive. Um, so today we are going to be talking about board games. But let's let's to to get us into that topic. We actually have show notes today, uh, ladies and gentlemen, so we won't, hopefully we won't ramble too much. Organization! Organization! Uh, so, our, we're, we're going to, first we're going to talk a little bit about the, one of the most popular card, one of the most popular board games, still classified as a board game, or tabletop game.
2: Board and
1: card. Yeah. To be or, fair, or table, card games and board games are mostly... Tabletop games. Yeah.
0: We're talking about tabletop games. Um, the most, po- one of the most popular tabletop games in existence currently is Cards Against Humanity. I've played a lot of it. Have, how much have you, have you played a lot? Of I have it? played a lot of it. Have you played any of it? Not once. So, units has not once played, but you've played apples to apples. Yes, I have. It's uh, apples to apples for horrible people.
2: That would explain why I haven't played it. Yeah, it, it's apples to apples for people who want to make the most horrible, dirty, and/or offensive jokes. That and, would explain why you've played a lot of it. Yep,
0: it's it's fantastic. It's hilarious. Um, but it's an interesting. It's it's also an interesting thing to talk about because. Uh, They went from, so the folks behind uh, Cards Against Humanity are basically like 15 people, I think, at most, Um, and they went from an independent sort of developer, literally, an independent developer, to this huge phenomenon almost overnight with the success of Cards Against Humanity. And what they've done is, in addition to releasing progressively more and more interesting and out out there and, and goofy expansion packs and refining the game as they go, um, they've expanded into other entrepreneurial aspects, things like Tabletop Deathmatch, which they've, which they've produced with the assistance of Bionic Trasverse Media, which is the Linear to Run crew, um, which is basically a competition to find the next big tabletop game. <clears throat> independent tabletop game designers from all over the world send them their design docs and they read through it, find ten that they really like, and bring them all to uh, a game convention that they go to every year, and basically you know have them come demo their game to a panel of industry veterans. And then the industry veterans talk amongst themselves about the game and its, it's promise and its, you know, how easily it'll be to manufacture. And whoever they decide is the winner of the ten gets an entire publishing run free of charge and it gets sold by Cards Against Humanity for them. And they, they, they get to keep the money and everything and sort of gets them up the ground. And the, the, the current, I think, three winners... There been, because there were two winners the first time and then one winner the second time, um, their games sold amazingly well. Uh, I think the first the first competition it was Penny Press, and um, the fish there was a fish a, a fishing card game like Stinky Fish or something like that. And I don't remember who the second winner was, but they went on to sell amazingly well and, and, and became very popular games. And using the success of Cards Against Humanity to do this sort of I want to help other people who were in the same position we were. I which is, which is
1: ironic, considering... Considering
0: the premise of Cards Against Humanity, yeah.
1: And, and what it tends to devolve, devolve into.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's really cool, and I think it shows sort of a desire that a lot of people in the game development industry have to help one another succeed. Especially in, 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 because this is their point. Not only do they want to, but they have the capacity to.
1: Well, and the sort of generosity is it, it's paid back because the more. Cards Against Humanity is unique in that it's, it's a, it's a very. It's gone mainstream. It's become a very mainstream game. There's a lot of board games that are kind of classified as <clears throat> pursuits that only that type of person is into. Yeah. Cards Against Humanity is a mainstream game and it. And it bringing being a mainstream game, bringing other people into more complex card and board games, helps everybody. Yeah. Because the more board games there are, the higher the chance of someone being pulled into board games is.
0: Yeah. The more table yeah you know, the the more tabletop games there are, the more tabletop gamers. Yeah. And with such a such a prominent presence in the industry, Cards Against Humanity is really good as a stepping stone to bring people into the into the um, fold. And I think it's fascinating, because, again, the more people playing games, the better... So, the more games there are, the more people playing games. The more people playing games, the more games get produced, and the better those games get.
1: Yes. Um, the other times we've seen this are with, I think, Carcassonne and Settlers of Catan. Mm-hmm. Were both games that would be traditionally more... More geek. More, more I, I geek. feel
0: Carcassonne is still more niche than, it, than it, Settlers it, it is
1: more niche than <laughs> Settlers of Catan, but it came out before Settlers of Catan. It did, so we got to yes. give it some credit we for... Do? Being a a niche game, that normal people and also
0: being very much uh, there's there's very there's a lot of Carcassonne in settlers of Catan. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of influence there, and and it definitely uh, settlers of Catan certainly owes its popularity to Carcassonne. Um, but it, it it is a different beast. It's not the same game.
1: I feel like uh, Carcassonne is a bit too slow. Yeah. Relative to whereas
0: Catan is really fast. Yeah. Catan is super K- fast.
1: Catan took the elements of Carcassonne that were good and stripped it down and turned it into... It, 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 it's not the same game by any means, but... A lighter fare. A lighter fare. Something quicker, faster.
0: Something more along the lines of, t- lines of Ticket to Ride. Yeah. Than, than Carcassonne is. And both are, again, both are really fun games. I've enjoyed playing both. Um, but there is that. That, that sort of thing and, and that, that step up that, that now Settlers gives because if you like it's one of those things where if you like Settlers of Catan you might like Carcassonne or you might like Ticket
1: to Ride yeah. where, or you where, might like you whereas know, other other things whereas other games like, like Wards of, Lords of Waterdeep which is another game that's very much in that same vein people don't look at twice because it has the D&D logo on it and they assume by the D&D logo that it must be that it is D&D and it must be complicated and you have to know all this about role playing games when in reality it's a game that if it didn't have the D&D logo it's, on it's it it's
0: less it's less complicated than Monopoly is Lords of Waterdeep is less complicated than Monopoly Lord,
1: Lords of Waterdeep is basically
2: fast <laughs> Monopoly that's yeah, what it is it's seven turns it's Monopoly that ends no matter what in seven turns <laughs> it's yeah. like Monopoly that doesn't go on to the next morning or I mean <laughs> it doesn't go on that far without when Austin's playing anyway but hey <laughs>
0: Uh, by the way, we forgot to do something, because we uh, sort of jumped right into it. Oh, uh, hi. I am your host, Sensaku, also known as John. With me are...
1: Hi, I'm Units, also known as The Enabler.
2: I'm Shadow Chorus, also known as William.
0: Yay! Almost ten minutes in, and now we're introducing ourselves.
2: Ha! We're professionals!
1: We are... Professionals! And with that excellent transition, why don't we talk about... Well, our topic for the day. Let's, let's
0: get into our main topic, uh, since we've we've gone too far to go back now. Main topic number one. Main topic number one is board, our favorite board games. And I'm going to start, because I always start. Um, my favorite board game, tabletop game experience, currently, because it changes, is um, Betrayal at House on Hill, or at the House on the Hill. It is a... Lovecraftian uh, sort of role-playing, dice-rolling, character-moving game. So the, the premise of Betrayal of the House on the Hill is you and your friends, your friends being the other players, have gone to this
1: house on a hill. Have made a terrible choice in your life. Have made a
0: terrible choice in your life, and you're exploring this ancient mansion, which is procedurally generated as you go through the game. Procedures are generated by every time you move into a new room, you grab a tile off the building tiles and you add it to the house. So the house is never the same twice. Um, It's a magic moving mansion. It's a magic moving mansion. It's got three floors. It's got the basement, the, the main floor, and the second floor. And you go through it and you find items and events. And these events are very, very Lovecraftian in nature. They're like, sort of, like you run across a strange old man hiding in a cupboard and he joins you for a while. Or you come across a old satanic ritual circle. Or you come across a Terran reality that leads you to the, uh, to, the uh, to the dystopian abyss of Cthulhu. You know, uh... In the city of Renegade. Yeah, that one. Um... Very, you know, very Lovecraftian. Very obviously Lovecraftian. Even the artisans, it's a very green game. <laughs> green. Um, green good, is Lovecraftian. Green, it's a very green and black game.
1: That's ironic, because Lovecraft originally intended for none of his things to be drawn out because they were supposed to be unimaginable. Yeah. And then an art style became associated with his name. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Whoops.
0: <laughs> Anyways. Um, and, and so as you go through, eventually, at, at some point, an event happens that causes someone to become a betrayer there's only one event in the game that causes nobody to become a betrayer but still an event that progresses the story and the way this works is there are two books that come with it there's the there's the traitor book and the player book you draw the event card and it says congratulations you have started this event you take this book and go to this page and look at this number give the other book to everybody else, tell them to go to this page and go to this number, and then the two groups go to separate rooms and read. Uh, And it gives you a little flavorful story about what is happening. So the betrayer, in addition to the house being randomized, the traitor is randomized too. So you can't start the game knowing who's going to be the traitor. And what this leads to is very interesting things. Because sometimes you can have the traitor be the quickest character that has all the inventory items. Or it can be the slowest character that has none of the inventory items or anything in between. So you can have the little eight-year-old girl suddenly become possessed by Satan, summon three demons into it. Oh, by the way, she's got a suit of plate armor and a spear. Hi. How's it <laughs> going? And a revolver, or whatever.
1: Yeah, because that yes, that makes a spear totally necessary when you have a revolver. It does.
0: Um, or it could be the jock. Or it could be the mad scientist. You know, or it could be the cheerleader. You know, whatever, however you want to do it. Or it could you know, be the cheerleading doctor
1: uh, who's, eight year, who's an eight-year-old girl.
0: Does not... No, th- that character doesn't exist, unfortunately. But, so it's a very interesting thing and, and each character has a little uh, a little pentagon-shaped uh, card that Everyone has, gets
1: their own pentagrams for this game!
0: Basically, yeah. That has their their their, their important stat. There are five important stats
2: on it. Um, Which I, makes the pentagram fit.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it, it's, it's a, really, a really fun game that's played very quickly relative relative to other, other games of its style. Because um, it only takes like a half an hour to an hour to complete a game. Which, oh. compared to other games in that like, very short. Um, other games I would compare it to are Mice and Mystics or Heroes Quest. Or, you know, that, that style games of Games where you RPG sit down and it's
1: two, three hours. Yeah,
0: that, that sort of rpg light game um and i i i love playing it i absolutely love playing it and i love introducing people to it uh so william
2: yeah so uh moving on to mine my favorite uh tabletop game currently which is <laughs> it has been for a while now uh is red dragon inn which is uh it's more of a card game it's um it's basically uh the premise is that all the players are members of an adventuring party that has finally come home, that has finally finished their day of adventuring, of delving into Dunn's murdering monsters, and they stop back at their favorite tavern, the Red Dragon Inn. And while they're there, it's time to get drunk, have a party, and try and swindle all of your teammates out of all of their money.
0: <laughs> I love this game, by the way.
2: Um, and so <coughs> there, are, there are various different characters that each have their own unique deck and each of their decks has some cards that every player has, some cards that are unique to that character, but all of them are arted, and, like, they have the card art that is unique to the character that is playing them. Like, all of the Wizard Zot's cards are the Wizard Zot, and sometimes his pet Pookie.
0: Um, All of Pookie's cards are Pookie being increasingly insane.
2: uh, All of Gog the Half Ogre's cards are Gog. Like, they they may say the same thing, they may do the same thing, but they all have the unique character and flavor of the (coughs) person you're playing. And then a bunch, of, and then all of them have some unique cards as well. But the three ways that you win at Red Dragon Inn are basically: you make your opponent so drunk they pass out; you beat them until they pass out; or you take all their money. And the the first two are are associated because they work together, because basically you start off with zero alcohol content and twenty fortitude. And when those two things pass each other, you pass out.
0: Yeah, it's all on one bar.
2: Yeah. And then you start out with a number of gold that when you run out, you can't pay for your tab or your room anymore, and so the bar matrix kicks you out.
0: So what we're saying is when you have zero zero vitality and zero alcohol,
2: somebody beat you to a bloody pulp. And when you have 20 alcohol and and 20 vitality, vitality, you just got drunk off your ass. (laughs) It was a very happy... And then there's everything in between. Yeah. And so... (laughs) Each deck, each character has their own way of going about the game. And there are certain characters that want to take all your money. There are certain characters that want to steal all your gold. There are certain characters that want to punch you into the ground. And there's certain dwarves who drink all the booze and then make you drunk for it.
0: <laughs> and then there are certain wizards that fuck with everybody else's drinks. <laughs> there, there, are cer- there are certain
2: characters that say, I heal everybody, you don't want to bother me, right? And then there's John, who plays the character who makes everyone
1: else angry and dies first because everybody hates him.
0: That happens at, no matter what character I play,
2: though.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you don't help yourself.
2: Um, it's a very social game. It's, it's, it's very much if you can make friends with your people, they'll stop bothering you.
0: Which is hard for me, because everybody's automatically against me because I'm me.
2: Um, and I'm a Spike, so I shortly follow thereafter. Uh, but one of my favorite things about it is that it's infinitely scalable. You can have as few or as many players in a game of Red Dragon Inn as you can fit with number of decks and number of pieces you have. It's just the more players you have, the more gold they're going to need to start with, and the less players you have, the less gold they need to start with. But other than that, you can scale the game up as high as you want or as low as you want. As little as two players, as many as however many you can fit in a room. Um, How many expansions are there for it? There are currently four expansions, or there's four sets, sorry. There's four sets that each come with four characters, and then a series called Allies, which are individual single characters that come with their own decks and their own small boards. Currently, Red Dragon in... And their own small gold. And their own small gold. Currently, Red Dragon in five is in the works of being produced, which is going to be another set of four characters and a box that is big enough to hold all of the all of the previous sets and most of the future sets that they're that they currently have planned. Sweet. Um, which will help because <coughs> lugging around those boxes bro to a yeah. party. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that, that that's one of the big drawbacks of Red Dragon is that it's bulky.
2: Which with Red Dragon 5 is a fixed. Yeah cuz it's just no. one well box. it'll still be a really really stinking big it's, box. But it's but it's one big it, it's box. It's one box instead of four boxes and all these like six or seven small boxes that carry the allies. Yeah. Um who produces that? Uh, Slugfest Games. Slugfest Games. Authors of such things as... Um, there's a there's a, I'm forgetting the name of it. Did they do like, mashup? I think they did. I
0: don't know. Uh, but
2: it's, there's another game that's, like hunting for terrorists and like high noon saloon and <laughs> such like such like that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a really fun... Fishing for Terrorists,
2: that was it. I think. It's a
0: really fun, quick... It's really quick.
1: It's really quick. Uh,
0: it's, a, it's a really fun, quick party game... It's easy to learn, easy to play.
1: It's great for people who aren't traditionally into gaming because it's not as competitive.
0: No, and it's 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 also good for introducing people to art to role playing. Yeah, because you just, just like just get into the character, just like Betrayal at the House on, at the House on the Hill is, uh, it's 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 role play light, but in a different direction. Whereas Betrayal the House on the Hill gives you a preset character and has you rolling dice. Um,
2: the character that you play in Red Dragon Inn is mostly interpreted from the art of the card and exactly. the way their character plays. Exactly. And it's so rich in flavor. Like it is a really flavorful game because everyone has their own unique style. Everyone Pookie feels enjoys different. the company of animals. And it's a picture of Pookie sitting inside the the like the eaten out rib cage of a turkey looking stuffed.
0: Yeah. It it's 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 a it's a wacky game and it's really fun. And it, it's definitely one I would recommend for getting new people into gaming. Not only getting people into gaming but also getting people into role playing. Um it's definitely or, sort of a gateway game in that in that in that aspect.
1: It's 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 apples to apples <laughs> except up a notch. Even can, more. but it's a, it's the same genre. It's a party game. It's a social yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, You can get as many people you want. The more people, the better. Honestly, yeah. You don't you don't have to win. Winning, to have fun. winning yeah, you don't is have not to win relevant at all. It's just fun. You don't have
0: to win to have fun. This is true.
1: Like I
0: if, I would know having never won.
1: Um, like. Uh, Betrayal House on a Hill is a very goal-oriented game. You, you've got goals, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, your you, your goal at first is to explore, and then at second is to survive.
2: Yeah, but it, at the end it's goal-driven. <laughs> but at, at the end it becomes you know murderers versus survivors. Yeah, and then that's that's competitive the, at that the, point. Yeah, it it in. Even whereas annoying. whereas this is is this is this it, is just it, it everybody have a party. Everybody have a party. Last man standing, hey, you win.
0: You don't have to be aggressive. You don't have you can you can play the you can play every person in Red Dragon Inn can play a pacifist. Every person can play an aggressive person and everyone can play somebody in
1: the middle. My fact, sister just... has won more than one game by virtue of being a tree. Being quiet and turning into a tree. <laughs> One of the druids
2: can do that. They turn into a tree. Okay.
0: So, so that's about in And now, the first two games we talked about, I've played in. You've played. I have
2: played. I have played *Hotel House in the Hill* once.
0: Have you played Betrayal of the House in the Hill*? Once? Nope. I need to introduce that to you and Holly because I think you got. I think Holly would love it. I don't know about you, but
1: Hollywood. Holly would love it.
0: Um. Now, the next game is something I've never played, and we have never ever played. played. Yeah. So, Austin, take us away.
1: All right. So, I may have established myself as the retro gamer here. And the spike. And the spike. The well, ret- I haven't established myself as the spike, but the, I am. The
0: retro spike. The retro <laughs> spike.
1: Um, that sounds painful. It does. <laughs> it's all pixelated. When it goes through, it doesn't go through cleanly. <laughs> it's instant death. Alright, but um, one of my favorite games is called Boss Monster. Which was a, it's a, it's a giant love letter... To all of the Sega Genesis and um, NES games. All of the 8-bit games. And um,
0: the box looks like Super Mario 3. It does.
1: Yeah. Um, the box for 2 looks like a different Super Mario game. But the premise of the game is... You are an 8-bit boss. In an 8-bit game. And your goal is to get adventurers to walk through your dungeon and die horrible deaths so you can collect their souls. Do you have a copy of this? I want to play it. Yes. I want to play it. Uh, my, my, my little brother has it. Um, I do too. It's a bit Munchkin-esque in, in the way that it plays because the goal is to get ten souls, but if you take five <laughs> wounds, you lose instantly. And technically... You're just trying to build up your dungeon to collect souls. You might accidentally kill people on the way by buffing the heroes in their dungeon, but that's incidental. (laughs) That just kind of happens. Um, But the way it works is you have have your boss, and your boss affects the type of dungeon you do, and every turn you draw a card and you play a room from your hand. And you slowly build up your dungeon, and and then every turn... A group of adventurers comes out, there's the four classes, fighter, priest, uh, thief, mage, and they go to different dungeons depending on the loot in the dungeon. Um, the boss, Your boss has loot, and the room rooms you play have loot, uh, which gives it strategy, because you might be like, well, I want to attract a broad array, so I'm going to play lots, or I don't want to attract any monsters yet, so I'm going to play low loot rooms that give me less advantage, or... I want to get the early jump on, so I'm going to get a lot of high loot, so I'm going to take wounds, but I'm also going to get the adventurers to get the souls. And then, when it's not your turn, you also have spell cards. These are things like, uh, that can either heal a, a hero back to full while they're in your opponent's dungeon, or... Uh, I can sacrifice this room of my dungeon to automatically kill the hero inside. So basically, everyone's
2: a boss monster, and they're all trying to get their ten souls, but you can screw with them while they're trying to get their ten souls. Exactly. One thing I like about it is there's no dice. (laughs) So there's no chance.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, there's some chance because you're drawing cards. Yeah. But there's no
2: dice, and I roll dice quite poorly. I apparently rolled dice amazingly. We didn't experiment, or I didn't experiment uh, uh, one night. I rolled his dice. They rolled terribly, and I just recorded what was it, like hundred something, hundred twenty something. It was hundred and forty dice rolls, and you had twenty eight twenties. I had twenty eight natural twenties. It was a little bit silly. Um,
1: so that's
0: one fourth of the time. Yeah, so night? that's almost a
2: quarter. That's About almost a quarter of the
0: time you roll a twenty.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And there are only two natural ones in the entire in the entire experiment. But um, you'd
0: think one fourth of the times you'd roll a natural one as well.
1: But the way, the, the, th- the things I love about Boss Monster are, number one, the flavor. Every single card, even the generic heroes, have a reference on them to some 8-bit game. It, because there's lots of fighters, and it's like, fighter, 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 but all of them have different flavor and different art on them. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them. Street Fighter! Um, for, and it, it, it'll harken back to different games. Um, all of the rooms are references to old 8-bit games. Um, you, the bosses you are obviously um, you've got the the hive mind, which is very obviously the mother brain. I was about to say, it's like mother brain from Metroid. It's the mother brain from Metroid, um, and they all do different things. The hive mind is good at drawing cards. Mm-hmm. Um, there's others that are good at increasing the difficulty of dungeons, attracting different types of players. But it's it's, it's a very strategic building game. Yeah. As opposed and it's it is very com- competitive. You are there to win. Okay. It's social,
0: really but you're playing. there to win. I really I really want to play that. Um, how does it stack against the other two? A sort of gateway game.
1: As far as being a gateway game,
0: because because the first two we talked about, interestingly enough, uh, mine and 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 Williams are can, can very much be classified as gateway games for different reasons. Mine's more complicated, it's not quite as... Yours as... is more from
2: a gateway to casual gaming into more yeah. hardcore games.
0: whereas yours is more of a gateway from no gaming
2: into gaming.
1: Yeah. yeah. Mine is more of a gateway from video gaming into gaming. Because, honestly, if you, didn't, if you don't play retro yeah, video games, you're not going to get it, the same like, out of it. it.
2: It's, it's getting someone who plays a lot of video games to get into tabletop gaming. Yeah. Through, a, through like, it, his boss it, monster it, game. It's
1: also a good way to get spikes to play a social game. <laughs> as opposed to... Something like Magic: The Gathering, where it's "I wreck your face, I wreck your face." I'm not here to have fun; I'm here to wreck your face. Yeah, this is I'm here to wreck your face, but it's gonna be fun.
0: Yeah, okay. So, so it's sort of a, sort of a more more aimed at gamers rather than non gamers, yeah. or aimed aimed at the more the the video gamers specifically.
2: Um, it's great for me. I I am an omniversal gamer. I play everything game. You, you
0: you'd think you you'd think there wouldn't be that big of a distinction between video gamer and tabletop gear, but there is. Yeah uh especially when you get into like the 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 more uh you know european style games of, of of like carcassonne and and the big the big big grand strategy games um they they're like they're like they're like a niche inside the niche mm-hmm. which is very interesting to me um yeah I, I i i think it's i think it's really telling that all three of our games could be used as a as a introduction tool because i think i think i can i think i can say this with some amount of accuracy, but all three of us not only enjoy playing games but enjoy sharing games with other people.
2: Yes, we, yes.
0: We we enjoy not only you know sharing games with people who who maybe. Don't play as many games as we do. Don't play any well, games at aren't all. There aren't
2: that many but... people who play as many games I, as I, we do. I, I enjoy.
1: Fair. I enjoy playing games, and if I can get, if I can, the more people I can get to play the game, yeah, exactly. the, the more, more I can we the get game. to play the game. The more we get to play the game. I've got some really, really cu- like. I love playing chess. I can't play chess with people because I don't know people who play a lot of chess. I play chess. Both of us raise our hands. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from the two of you, you haven't That's played true. any chess with either of us. Right? You may have played chess with him. But you have not played chess with me. I don't know if we were. Well, like chess. I can't get my wife to play chess. I don't um, know if we play chess. I got a lot of friends who I can't get to play chess.
0: Yeah, you know it's it, it's hard, especially when you're when you're a when you're a very adamant gamer and you're you're sort of a hardcore gamer. It's very hard to get people into the hobby because you make it look easier than it is.
1: and or sometimes and when people, you make it look a lot harder than it really is. That too.
0: Is. And, and, and then when people get into it and try it, they're not doing as good as you so they feel discouraged. I run into that a lot. Like, I goof around and I'm goofy and I'm silly and I'm, I'm sort of intentionally play the stupid guy. But I'm good at games. I am. And so... I forget that, and I do really good. Like, for example, the, the best example I can do is Rock Band mm-hmm. or Guitar Hero.
1: Oh my goodness! I'm I so play. Bad at that.
0: I play expert mode on everything on guitar, and I don't think anybody else we know plays expert mode as good as I do. I, I play expert mode on drums. I know. Yeah, I know drunk, a guy.
1: I know a guy who can play a song and walk out of the room on expert mode. and yeah. Continue to play the song. Yeah. yeah if you know, and it well play enough. playing with him is just a bit silly because it's like I don't know why I'm here. Yeah, I can barely hit three notes in a row and you are in your kitchen but still playing the song. I'm not
0: than me. I'm not that good, but I can play an expert song on guitar and still sing the song on medium. Yeah. You know, and it's like and 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 I forget that I'm because I'm so used to playing stupid and playing silly and intentionally playing worse than I'm able to, um,
1: When you actually try when I
0: actually try, it can be intimidating. And I don't, like, I don't like people feeling bad because they're not as good at something as I am. Or I don't like pe- people feeling bad because they can't well, do something I can for do.
1: for me, it's because I'm a spike by nature, and I like, yeah. I like to win. You
0: like to win, and you just, like, roll over
2: people. Um, like for me, I'm very for, good for, at winning. For me, <laughs> it's a case of, I've always, I've always liked to exercise my skills in unconventional ways. I like to make things that people don't see as working work, just by my sheer skill. Yep. Which is why I like to make theme decks in card games, rather than just rather than strictly functional decks. Nope, my decks are strictly functional, and
1: they murder everybody. <laughs> it's, it's bad.
0: So now that, now that we're sort of on this topic, let's let's we'll move into our second main topic, which is what we like, what we want, and what we're looking forward to in tabletop games. We'll start with that first one, what we like. I really like games that are easy to get into. Ease of access variability things that this is this is pretty much telling the three things that I really listed out ease of access variability and depth of play looking at betrayal at the house on the hill it is a it is a procedurally generated map with procedurally generated story and the story can be very light you can play it with only three players or you can play it with eight players it can be very deep and very compelling and very difficult and very hard It can go from all those rangers, and it's very easy to pick up. Everything you need is on a little five-sided chip. That's it. And it's actually double-sided because each one is two characters. So if you don't like that character, flip it around and there's a new one. Um, That's how easy Betrayal at at the House on the Hill is. It's got less moving parts that you have to handle as a player than Red Dragon Inn does.
2: Which is just a deck and two counters. Yeah, and you've some got coins. you've got
0: a deck, two counters, and some coins. I've got a plastic chip, a miniature, and and little plastic things that you put onto the chip to track your to track
1: your stats. It also looks more like a traditional board game. I think yeah. When people see cards coming out, they get confused. They panic.
0: Yeah, and it looks like a traditional board game. It's very easy to get into, but it's not the same game every time you play it. I have played it a good dozen or so times, and. I have not played the same event twice. There are 90 events in that book. I have not played the same one twice. So, like, that is impressive to me. Because and, and that level of variability in a very simple board game means you're going to get a lot of play out of it. You're going to get a lot of interest out of it. And what that's going to do is you're going to be able to bring those people that don't play a lot of board games, don't play a lot of video games. Maybe they play Monopoly. Maybe they play Scrabble. Well, it looks like kind of. It looks kind of like.
1: It if, might if you be play Monopoly, to Monopoly, you're playing something that's more complicated already.
0: Yeah, Monopoly is already more complicated than Betrayal of the House on the Hill, and you're experiencing a story. You're getting into your character, and it kind of forces you into a character a little bit, because the book, when you become the traitor, you have the story arc, and it tells you what's happening to you, and what your motivations are, and what your, goal your motivations
2: is. are typically not your own. Yeah, because and, and, you're typically and, possessed by something. Yeah,
0: you're possessed, or you had this plan all along, or there's any number of things, and it, it sort of. It also manipulates, like, if you, have, if you have a minion that follows you, they come, they, they will sometimes play into it. Like there's like I said, there is a hobo sidekick that you can find, and there is an event that deals specifically with that hobo sidekick.
2: He is the minion of the, of the murderer. Yeah,
0: and, and, and so there's all sorts of interesting things that happen in what is essentially a very simple game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, really like that. That's what I look for. I look for how easy is it to play, how 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 deep can it go, and how much variety is there? Am I going to be playing the same game every time, or am I going to play a different game every time? That's something I really like. Uh, Austin, I'll you next.
1: Um, one of the biggest things I look for in a game is I love games rather than being as much as I love a depth of play. I really like depth of strategy. I love games that. Y- are layers upon layers of forethought, of what, what is this maneuver going to do in the future? You know, calculated risks, uh, all, all the We're, different...
0: Games that reward that level of we Yeah,
1: re- 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 yeah. And, and reward risk-taking, and, and that sort of thing. Um, but the other problem I have is I have very much games that are high skill, low luck. Because I, like I mentioned, roll very poorly. Um... That's a game I love. It's a very common game, Risk. Most people have played it, and most people will know that you will go into a statistically easily winnable battle, and you will just scrub out with the dice, and you'll be like, "Where did my entire army go?" And Risk
0: then, Risk was the model that they based XCom's RNG on, <laughs> and it's just you have a ninety you have a ninety five percent chance to hit that miss.
1: <laughs> it, it's just. <laughs> Oh, I burned 30 of my troops against your five, and now you countersweep and I've lost I played Australia. a game.
0: I played a game. I had Africa. And I had three troops in Egypt, and they were coming at me from, uh, from Middle East. And for whatever reason, those three troops were the hardest core troops Egypt had. Because I annihilated a battalion of like ten or fifteen infantry. Oh yeah! Just boom, boom, boom.
1: And as statistically <laughs> unlikely as it is, in almost every game, at one point or another, that happens. And it, it sometimes you can recover from it, but sometimes you can't. Yeah. And it's it's like there's
2: there's a there's a point like
0: sometimes they buy you enough time, especially you, Spartan 100.
2: Especially with the um with the idea of strategy, like um. There's a there's a point at which like certain strategy games are. I will make such preparations that when I take this risk, there is no way that it can affect me so significantly that I will lose.
1: And almost every game does have, you know, a, a degree of luck. The only game I can think of that doesn't is chess. Yeah. Which and, like, and chess is a game of perfect this information.
0: This is this is yeah this is this is something that I've gone into before go. on stream.
1: Also. Yeah. Go no also. Luck. No yeah. luck.
0: I would go as you know, but Chinese checkers. We can checkers. Any you know, a lot of these things. Game's
2: of perfect information. have yeah. no luck.
0: Um, this is something I've gone to, I've gone through before on, on, um, the stream, where, in a strategy game, when luck is a factor, a big factor, like in XCOM. It, I, I still enjoy the game, but it irritates me at a fundamental level. Because what it basically means is all of my preparation, all of my tactics and strategy at any point in time can be meaningless. And,
2: but that, but that's also what I meant by, like, XCOM is a game where I win frequently because I stack the odds so heavily in my favor yeah. that even if I miss, I still win. But, yeah. but the problem is there are some games that don't have that backup. Yeah, and, and it's like I, I still really love XCOM.
0: But there, it's that, that fundamental irritation
1: like, that I cannot shake. L- like in, in Boss Monster, I've got my room set up, and then, oh no, I didn't draw the card I needed. Well, I've set up my rooms in such a way that I can collapse my this trap room to kill the hero this turn, or I can take a couple hits this turn and turn it around later. You, know, y- you are building a dungeon temporary setbacks are temporary.
0: It's also part of the reason why I get so Tempest salty. Tempest
1: Keep was merely a setback.
0: It's also part of the reason why I get so salty in combat in D&D. Because <laughs> it's like, no matter what, how no matter how I build something or how I plan uh, something, you say that and a I, roll of the dice can screw it over.
1: I, I have built a character who, on a five, is still rolling thirties. Yeah, well... And, and th- that's why I'm a min-maxer in you're, D&D. You're also a
0: spike. <laughs>
1: Well, it's why I'm a min-maxer, because yeah. if I don't build because I I am prone to rolling so poorly. Yeah. Yeah. If I haven't min-maxed Spike built my character, he will fundamentally fail. Yeah, but at
0: even his... even then, there are still instances of you failing because, horribly, you know, okay. and getting exploded.
2: It yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's one thing. That's I don't... less him failing and more me succeeding too hard. Well, it's
1: the the, the the thing I don't like about the you know the Dungeons and Dragons D20 model is the D20. Yeah. Um, I think
0: the d20 is probably the biggest weakness of that,
1: because there there is such high variance versus a game like Shadowrun where you're rolling so many dice. Statistics are much more in favor of average until out. you're me. <laughs> yeah, you... but fifth edition
0: fixed that. <laughs> no, it Didn't? Yeah, no, because you can only get like because of your physical limit, you can only get some. Oh, fifth edition Shadowrun, okay. Yeah, and Shadowrun. So fifth. I mean, fifth edition D and no, D made fifth, it worse. Fifth edition Shadowrun fixed his issue. Because like if your fi- if your body limit is o- is eight, you can only get eight successes. You can't get fifteen.
1: But anyway, <laughs> twenty five. Back, back, back to board games. R- Risk is, I think, my classic example of well, you can't do anything. Monopoly does it too. There are times when it's just I'm going to run around the board and
2: hit all the spaces I don't need to. And that was the reason I lost that last game of Monopoly was because I rolled literally the only combination of numbers on two d six that would have me land on his territory. Yep. To be fair, there
1: was no coming back from was that. Was it a seven? It was, two, it was, it was three. three.
2: Okay. To be fair, there was no coming back from your position. You were... Like, if I had rolled Snake Eyes, I would have been in my territory. <laughs> yes, but... And if I had rolled
1: four, I would have gone to jail. I had, like, three Monopolies, and I had at least one property in every other set of colors.
0: What are you saying is he stacked the deck against you?
1: <laughs> yes, he did. And I lost because of it. <laughs> There's no deck to stack in Monopoly. It's two plastic cubes of fate. <laughs>
2: Like, I would have rather have rolled a four and gone to jail because then I would have not walked in on any of his faces for three turns. Yeah. What we're saying is I'm a bit vicious in
1: Monopoly. Um, but yeah, the other thing is you may have noticed I'm very competitive. There's a lot of cooperative board games out there and that's just not for me. Yeah. I want somebody else to be dead and I want it to be my fault.
2: <laughs> yeah, super um,
1: competitive. to creatively Dark Souls. I'm
2: serious. Alright, William. Um, for me, it's it's a case of there are lots of things that I like, but on on top of it all, the number one thing for me as a writer is flavor. I love universes. When a board game can get me into the universe, especially like Red Dragon Inn does, it doesn't tell you the story. Kingdom Death Monster. Yeah, it, like, that's amazing. <laughs> I really want to play that. Um, I know, I do too. Um, but Red Dragon Inn doesn't tell you the story. It's out. All of the story of Red Dragon Inn is in the artwork of the cards and the name of the cards. And, like, it, it's, it's all there. It's a, it's a really flavorful and entertaining universe that, that you can get into without having to read much of anything. And so, above everything, it's flavor. Like, I really love games that have a strong universe, that have a strong story. Um, beyond that, one of my favorite things is Customization. And vari- and variation. Not variability the same way of, like, House on the Hill, but variations. Different ways to play the game. Characters who play the game fundamentally differently. Um, like, for instance, in Red Dragon Inn, the difference between... The pixie and the dwarf. <laughs> yes, dim- Dimly the dwarf who chugs back all of the alcohol and can handle it. And can also get other people drunk by sharing his drinks with them. Versus the pixie, who can't handle alcohol. But redirects everything. Yeah. Who can't, who can't handle getting any alcohol, but manages to avoid it instead. Yeah. And then makes you drink it instead of me. Yeah.
1: <laughs> or
2: poof. Poof is always the answer. Yeah. Um, and so this, this idea of You're playing the same game But you're playing it fundamentally In a different manner Yeah, Which is something I really love about, Especially about tabletop games
1: um, I, I love when you can play games in different manners But I find the biggest difficulty there Is as much as I like competitive games It's very hard to make games that are Fundamentally different and yet still Competitively viable Because of the inherent Inability to create perfect balance I mean, yes, it's, it's, it's
2: true, but I'm also not a Spike. <laughs> this is true. Uh, and aside from that, customization, which is not something that Red Dragon Inn has as much. there's It's mostly in your character choices, your customization in Red Dragon Inn. But in other board games, I in other tabletop games, I really love the idea of being able to build your own playstyle. It's why I like deck-building <coughs> games like Dominion. Um, just things where you... Where you construct your strategy as you go, as you play the game, or you can customize the way you play, which also comes into that variation thing. Like, different, different Dominion decks are built different ways. They're all unique. And that also helps with the variability that he was talking about of no game is the same twice who he you that's great radio boss <laughs> <laughs> the, the variability that John was talking about if there's like the game doesn't play the same twice because you can always be playing it differently um so for me it's a lot of I want things that are unique that are special in some way I like I like to be immersed in a world and I like to play a unique way which is why I like which is why I like to make all these weird characters in D&D and especially as why especially like the Warcraft RPG, because of all the unique stuff that's in uh, it. I'm just an alcoholic. Um, I, I love flavor, don't get me wrong, but
1: if I'm not murdering somebody, <laughs> so being the pacifist of the group, that's actually concerning. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not it's, it's gently true. subduing somebody in an aggressive manner... <laughs> if I'm not... If I'm not... If I'm not <laughs> smothering them with my love... Smothering
0: them with my love... So I've mentioned it a couple times now in the recording and it's something I want to talk about because I'm super excited for it and I know William is super excited for it and Austin's kind of mad for it but I'm excited for it.
1: <laughs> I'm excited just for the pieces, bro, cuz it's gorgeous.
0: Kingdom Death Monster is gorgeous. Now for those of you that don't know because the Kickstarter finished relatively recently, um Kingdom Death Monster is in addition to being a, an awesome metal band name. Yes. Um is a board game is... Now, this is sort of op, kind of the opposite of what we've been talking about, but it's super exciting for us. It's super hardcore. It's a super hardcore, deep, in-depth, cooperative...
1: Yeah, I'm all for super hardcore, deep, deep depth. complicated... Then you throw co-op at it, Cooperative...
0: Yeah. Why have we got to be going co-op? ...game. It's essentially boss rush on a board game, where yeah, you are... He likes being the
2: DM. He likes to play characters.
0: And he likes, yeah, but he's fighting the DM. Um, where you play the survivors of, hum- or the, the survivors or the originators of human civilization as you're trying to struggle from the deep darkness and and build a society and, and survive and kill monsters and, 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 sh- and thrive. It's very Dark Souls-esque.
2: Uh, where it's it's aggressively it, it takes Dark Souls in a direction that I really wanted to see, it, yeah. which was Dark Souls in a civilization where you where you are Dark Souls, but you are not just your one character; you yeah. are Dark Souls in your city. Yeah, it's a it's it's a city
0: of Dark Souls, um, where you are you band together with the other players, fight monsters, you know, build your city, craft weapons, craft items, try not to die horribly. Kind of kind of dark souls mixed with monster hunter on board yes um, and mixed with a little bit of, of SimCity a little bit a little bit of SimCity and it looks gorgeous the art the art and the miniatures but it's look got it's got that it's got gorgeous. that world
2: dripping in atmosphere and yes. that soul-crushing difficulty that dark souls yes. has and the sculpted miniatures man the,
0: oh the beautiful sculpted miniatures.
1: I would liken this game to, uh, to Warhammer in the not only the detail and the beauty, but the price. Yeah, so <laughs> the,
0: the current pre-order price is $295.
1: In fact, I which is have, at
0: a discount from its box tag price of
1: $400. I would say that this is the Warhammer of board games, because not only is it the most complicated, the most gorgeous, the most detailed, but the most expensive.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. I, I, I could liken it a lot to Games Workshop's War Games. But you know what? If we got it, I would film it. I would play the shit out of we that. We would
0: play the shit out of it and film it and put it on the internet. This is our Kingdom Death Monster
1: we game. We got a group of four. You, you, myself. I know my wife would get into it. Oh, oh yeah. you would love it so oh, much.
0: We need to. We, how, how much is $300 split four ways?
2: Uh. I'm doing math. I'm not doing math in my head right now. It's not coming. It's, 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 it's on, like eighty bucks.
0: <laughs> we have to figure out a way to get this.
2: I can. I. We, we will. We will have it.
0: We. <laughs> it's it, it's pre-order right now. It's not quite out yet. It'll be out around the end of October. So we have till the end of October.
2: We will have it to pre-order it.
0: Um, cause it. Uh, that is definitely a thing I. I want to play. If anybody's in the
1: market for some kidneys.
0: I, <laughs> I want to play it. I want to immerse myself in the world. Customizable miniatures. It has customizable miniatures. Let me rephrase that. It has customizable
2: miniatures.
1: Let me re. Let me rephrase that. It has miniatures you can
2: customize. There you go. You can. Which, by the way, <gasps> Not only... Holly and I are going to paint all of those pieces of armor so you can put them on your painted miniature.
0: <laughs> Not only can you customize the miniatures, but they're beautiful
2: they are beautifully detailed they
0: are beautifully detailed and customizable miniatures I need to stop talking about Kingdom death monster because I'm gonna do a thing that I can't afford to do
1: <laughs> what knock over a bank yes
0: uh, <laughs> give me exactly three hundred dollars that's not a lot of money I know I just I need it for one thing I need to be a very small crime three hundred dollars. <laughs> i am looking forward to it (sighs) but it's not the only thing i'm looking forward to there are other games that i really want to play uh that i've that that i've experienced um will wheaton's tabletop has been a very good source of and it continues to be a very good source of uh, sort of enlightenment about other games that you may have heard of finding Finding new tabletop games Mice and Mystics. I had never heard of before tabletop, and I really—it looks a lot of fun. It looks like something I'd really enjoy playing. Um, there's a, a handful, a, a variety of other. I, games. I
2: learned about Small World through tabletop Small Worlds, and another and then one. I started playing it. It's amazing. Yeah, I Small love it so Small much. World's
0: another really fun game uh, that I learned about through tabletop. There's a whole lot of whole lot of things that uh, hardly if you haven't watched it, it's on YouTube's uh, geek. It's on Geek and Sundry's YouTube channel. Look up Will Wheaton's Tabletop. Watch it. If you enjoy board Just games, for the it's, next its fantastic. Um, but yeah, so that's sort of that, 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 that's that's a couple of things we're looking forward to. Is there anything that other than Kingdom Death Monster that's two of you guys are looking forward to playing or getting your
2: hands on or, or looking into? Um, I honestly can't think of anything off the top of my head. I know what you're looking forward to. Hmm. I know what you're looking forward to. What am I looking forward to? Boss Monster Two. Actually it just came out. It did it? It was just released this
1: summer.
0: Also looking forward to playing some Heroes Quest, which is an old game that I'm really interested in playing. No,
1: when we say Heroes Quest, we're not referring to my Heroes Quest. No, we're referring we're to the board to game the- Heroes Quest, which caused the legal complications that made Heroes Quest become Quest of glory. Yes, that one. Disclaimer. The board game disclaimer. heroes quest. I say the disclaimer okay. after I made the disclaimer. Oh well. Um, um the cookies they are tough.
0: Cause that's a that's a really fun sort of a heavier
2: a heavier version of the only the only the only things I'm looking forward to are things to that I want to see. Like no, what? Like I want I want to see more um, flavorful variations of <sighs> games that are good. Like games set in other settings that are really good. Like I welcome welcome to my welcome to my world Warcraft variations of games. <laughs> <laughs> I have Warcraft Monopoly. It is one of my favorite Monopolies. It's, it's pretty cool. Of course of
0: course it is um that, that 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 segues perfectly fine to what we want out of games which is another topic that we have here um going forward i really really want more games that are you know have that really deep level of play like Kingdom Death Monster. Um, but also have that ease of access so you can really easily get into it. Things like, like uh, Dungeon Dice, which we which we just learned how to play today, which is a very, very easy, quick, five-minute game. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, I like it. It, it's very easy. Things like Betrayal at the House on the Hill, very
2: easy. Very
0: easy to get into, but very deep at
2: the same time. But like... For me, for for games that I want, I say variations on games because for me, I don't want to just get someone into a game. I want to get someone into a universe. I want to make them love this world that I live in. Sometimes when I when I when I'm able to, like I
0: want he wants to get people hooked on Blizzard. I I am a Blizzard player. He wants he wants Diablo. Hold he, wants, on. he wants Diablo Monopoly. Actually, no, I have Warcraft Monopoly. Starcraft Monopoly. I think your
1: Blizzard IV is running a bit dry. <laughs> <laughs> half a bit more. <laughs> I want actually. I think there is Starcraft Risk, if I recall correctly. Yes, there, of course is. there is. There is Starcraft. Of risk. course, there is. There's probably World of Warcraft Risk too. There probably is. There's a, there's about half as many risks as there are monopolies.
2: Yeah. But like I, for me, it's a case of like the game I I love to get people into, but the universe as well. It's the same thing with 40k. I love to get people into playing Warhammer 40k because the game is good, but also because the universe is amazing.
0: Yeah.
2: I look forward to games that you can immerse yourself in as well. I do
1: love immersing myself in, in, in the fluff of a universe, but I also love immersing myself in complex rule systems. Rule systems that are longer than, you know... Traditional mm-hmm. rule books. Something, like what was a forty seven page. Something like a two hundred and fifty six page rule book? Heck yes. Sign me up. I yeah. will
0: Kingdom 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 Death Monster has a two hundred and twenty four
1: page. I intend to have them all memorized first week after it comes out.
0: It's a fourteen pound box sorry, it's a seventeen pound box
1: that it all comes in. I intend to memorize all the rules within the two hundred
0: and twenty four page rule books, seventeen hard plastic sprues of miniatures, one thousand plus matte game cards. Four hundred plus unique pieces of art and eighty six full full
2: page. You know, if we buy this, we will have dungeon mats for D anD D just from the pieces. Yes, just from the board we pieces. will.
0: Oh, yes, we will. Also, miniatures. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what we're saying is
0: Kingdom Death Monster. <laughs>
1: No, I, I'm that kind of person. I enjoy just reading rules books and comprehending and taking in and
2: manipulating
1: the rules in my head. I love running the math of how to build characters, how yeah. to run games, how to. It, it's not. I'm not competitive as much for the sake of beating people as I joke about. I'm competitive for the sake of how much can I do with these rules? What can I do with these characters? What can I break? Which
2: is, which is, which is the case of competitive it's, it's not what I also can I break. break?
1: Like it, it's not what can I break. It's how
2: can I optimize. It like, that, I'm that, not a munchkin. That's that's the feeling that oh, I also I get with, with with I'm not not as strong, but with games like Dark Souls. Munchkin. With games like like Dark Souls, is, which is why I'm really looking forward to Kingdom Death Monster because <laughs>
0: <laughs> you just have to say the name. You have to say the full yes. name, don't you? It's not Kingdom Death or Death Monster. Kingdom Death. It's not Monster. KDM. <laughs> it's not KDM. It's Kingdom, Kingdom Death, Death Monster. Monster. But because
2: <laughs> when I play Dark Souls, I like to make <laughs> unique and well-optimized builds. Also, uh, drinking game. For every time somebody in this
1: group says Dark Souls, take a shot, you'll be dead by the end. <laughs> For this podcast,
0: every time someone said Kingdom Death Monster, this has become the Kingdom Death Monster podcast.
2: <laughs> I'm going to get you to play it. I'm going to get you to play Dark Souls. And Kingdom <laughs> Death Monster. No, <laughs> both. It, it'll happen, I'm It'll sure. be
0: easier to get into play Kingdom Death Monster than Dark Souls. Oh, no.
2: I'll get him to play Dark Souls.
0: Um,
2: yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. So
0: now we're gonna we're going into the wrap up phase here. Um, so now that we've now that we've discussed thoroughly and you've turned off the podcast, um, <laughs> the uh, Kingdom, Kingdom Death, death Monster. Monster. <laughs> uh, we I do have we do have a few. No, we haven't. You have to. No, say I it. haven't said.
1: You two of you, you need, said it. A you lot. need to say. It more. I haven't said Kingdom Death Monster enough to fully enjoy Kingdom Death Monster's name as Kingdom Death Monster. There's a,
0: there's a colon after death.
1: Kingdom Death. Monster. Kingdom death Oh, I'm sorry, I'm not saying kingdom death monster wrong. It's supposed to be kingdom death monster, not kingdom death monster? Yes. yes.
0: Kingdom death monster. <sighs> okay.
1: So which, which opens up for kingdom death, insert other noun. Exactly. Kingdom death tyrant. Kingdom
0: death, kingdom death.
2: <laughs> kingdom death, literal death. Kingdom death, kingdom death darkness.
1: Kingdom Death, Dark
2: Souls 2. Kingdom Kingdom Death, (laughs) Dark Souls
1: 4. This is a weird Dark Souls mod. This is a weird Dark Souls mod. It's a Dark Souls board game. Anyways. So what we were saying is... We
0: here at Final Show Film do a lot of things. In addition to recording this lovely podcast, this lovely Kingdom Death podcast. Kingdom um, Death
1: podcast. We know the podcast title.
0: (laughs) (laughs) In addition to recording this lovely Kingdom Death podcast uh, for you, we also produce content Seven days a week, we stream seven to nine times a week, depending on the week. Um, we st- we uh, produce two episodes of a comedy series. I say comedy; it's really stupid jokes thrown at the internet. Uh, called two guys, one camera. Comedy and
1: stupid jokes in the internet's mind are pretty much the same it's, thing.
0: It's true. Um, we I, I produce a I have been producing a regular series called Since Talk on the Street, which may not get another episode for a while because I need to line up more interviews. And we do a Let's Play series uh, on every Friday, which this week is a little late, but that doesn't matter. By the time you're listening to this, um, and and we also do two podcasts. We do this, the Shenanigans Cast, as well as the um, the uh, Final Show Films Actual Play series, which you can also hear probably in the same location that you're listening to this on Saint aggregate Feed potentially. Um,
1: and, and we do
0: separate RSS feeds. Yeah, but not at Podbean and probably initial same thing um and we we do a lot. And if you'd like to support us and all the things you can do, you can find out more at www.finalshowfilms.com. You can also support us directly at patreon.com slash fsfilms. The Patreon goes into this podcast. It goes into everything else that we do. And the more backers we get for it, the more new and interesting stuff we'll be able to do. There's a couple of different shows that we want to do. Uh, a couple of different podcast ideas we have that we want to do, all of which is helped by supporting the Patreon. In addition to that, we have now four secret projects. Five, well, four secret projects and one not-so-secret project called Kingdom Death Monster. Um, (laughs) We have four secret projects that we're working on that will be revealed in the coming weeks. Um, to basically help promote the Patreon and help promote all the stuff that we do and we want to do. So please keep an eye on the website, www.finalshowfilms.com, where you can find all of our contact information and all the information about everything else that we do so that you can enjoy it at your leisure. Anybody else have anything else they want to add to
1: the end? Kingdom Death Monster? Kingdom Death Monster. Kingdom Death
2: Monster.
0: Until next time, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Kingdom Death
2: Monster.